0: Welcome in to the Deep Slate Podcast presented by Xfinity. It's a short week, but a packed week in a packed podcast as well. We've got linebacker and special teamer Dylan Cole on the podcast. We've got Colts.com writer Andrew Walker talking about the Colts. We've got a lot going on. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Xfinity. And Texans fans, you can intercept threats to your Wi-Fi network with Xfinity x fi Advanced Security. Stream the Texans all season long on every in-home device. If it's connected, you're protected. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, proud partner of this Deep Slant podcast. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk special teams because it's one-third of the game, as Dylan Cole will tell you, and a very important one under Brad Seeley and Tracy Smith. The special teams unit has really excelled, and they take a lot of pride in what they do on the field. Dylan Cole, we know his story. Three years ago, he was an undrafted, Coming here into the Texans, just wanted a shot on the team, and he has solidified himself, not only as a member of this team, a valuable one at that, but also a team captain. He was named one earlier this year, and he's out there for the coin toss on the field before games. He was a lot of fun to catch up with. When you hear from him, you'll know why this coaching staff likes a guy like Dylan Cole so much. He is very much a team player. He does not like to take credit for anything. I really tried to give him credit for some of the stuff he's accomplished, but he made sure to spread that credit around to his teammates. But anyway, it's always a lot of fun catching up with anybody in the Rock Boys. Here's Dylan Cole on the Deep Slam Podcast presented by Xfinity. Dylan Cole, special teams phenom and also Instagram list. Did you know that there's a hashtag on Twitter that gets tagged whenever you're in a picture? And it's hashtag get Dylan on IG. You're not uh, on IG, so I don't know if you know that.
1: Uh, no, I didn't. I mean, I know because Scarlett keeps trying to get me over there, so he might be the the, the root be. of all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Why are you not on Instagram? I guess is the uh, follow-up.
1: I, I don't think I just... I, I don't have the content for, for Instagram. I don't, I don't really want to put anything out there, you know? I don't have anything to share, I guess. I think that's my... Uh, maybe that's the reason why... But you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, yeah.
0: Okay, so you're on so- social just, media, just, to, just like, yeah,
1: just to give updates every once in a while, maybe, you just to uh, okay. stay and in, stay intact with the world. I think
0: you should get on Instagram because once you're on it and you follow everybody, you'll think, "This is easy. I could do this." They're just posting videos of us doing our normal thing, playing, you know, playing football games is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, just well, saying. you guys do it for me, so then I don't have <laughs> That's to. That's true,
0: but then you don't see it because <laughs> there's the hashtag. But, but it's gonna still keep I'm still, trending.
1: I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, sometimes without without being on. Without oh,
0: good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. All right. Right now, you're tied for seventh in the NFL with special teams tackles. I don't know if you know that. In all of the NFL, uh, you're having quite a season over the last, and even over the last three years with special teams. How has it been for you year three, the Texans? Um,
1: yeah. I, I First off, I didn't know that. It's, it's kind of cool to know. Um, wish uh, I could go a little higher than that, but we'll, we're uh, still got a whole another half to play, but... Um, yeah, it's cool. I wonder how many uh, how many missed tackles I have on special teams because there's a lot of missed opportunities out there that um, I wish I would have had back. But um, yeah, our special teams are playing really well. I feel and uh, we we know um, uh, what kind of special teams we have and um, we want to get the return game going a little bit more. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 happy how how we're playing. We're playing fast. Everyone we got a bunch of great special teamers on this team. So I don't know how many tackles I have, but I know we have quite a few to share. I know AJ Moore has quite a few, Colin uh, buddy has been in there, PK. I think Peter Scar- by yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Peter. No problem.
0: Um, You're special. The, in there. The, the group of special teams guys, you've got several guys that are only on special teams. How mm-hmm. much uh, of an identity is that for you all? Because. It's, it's a shift from how things used to be where you'd have players that played special teams but then they also had other things that they did. But now it's like you guys are the special teamers. This is what you specialize in and you take a lot of pride in that
1: too. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a third of the game. So, And I think OB does a great job of uh, um, making sure that we understand how important it is. And then, then it goes to the players, understanding that that role is very important. Whether you're starting, if you're starting on defense, okay, that's a great role. But if you're you're on special teams, you're a starter on special teams and you got to you got to embrace that role, and like I said, it's a third of the game, so um, there can be a lot of impact with special teams.
0: Let's talk about, I know you like facts. This year, um, Houston leads the NFL in opponent starting field position after kickoffs and opponent return average. So starting field position, obviously big help for the defense, especially when opposing offenses are backed up a lot more. What about the, the starting field position? I know with Brad Seeley and Tracy Smith, They've really turned special teams around, but yeah, how, how do you work towards that every week?
2: That's
1: one of the stats I did know. Um, so did yeah, know we, we, we definitely uh, um, keep an eye out on what's going on in the league and how where we fit um, on special teams. And um, yeah, we understand that field position is, is huge. I mean, you know, five yards is, is may not seem big in the, the scheme, but uh, at the end of the day, we understand um, statistically, it's nice to have this, the offense starting beyond the 25 and in their, in their offense. Uh, uh, started behind the 25, so um, yeah, we take a bunch of we take take a, a lot of pride in that, and uh, continue to embrace that, and you know just keep getting better. There's there's some there's some uh, things in there where we can get better for sure.
0: It's funny because you talk, well, I'm telling you about your special teams tackles, and you tell me about the missed tackles. It seems like that's really says a lot about who you are. I know coming out of high school, you were a zero star recruit, is that right? Mm-hmm. And being undrafted, how much do you carry that with you? I saw J.J. Watt just wearing a shirt just now that said, uh, complacency kills progress. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like that's very much what you live and breathe by.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's nice to know, like, yeah, you're doing a good job, but, uh, this world is all, all about progress and there's always room for improvement. We're always pursuing perfection, but perfection is, is not possible. So, uh, that's the great thing is that we can always pursue something. And that's, that's what I'm I'm trying to do, and uh, I know our special teams are trying to do that as well.
0: Alright, so special teams, uh, what sort of strengths do you think that you bring? You used to be running back, so I would venture speed as one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. So we preach, uh, you know, s- smart, tough, dependable players, and that's what I try to be. I try to be smart, um, I try to be dependable, and I try to be tough. And uh, if you can be all three of those, that's that's a pretty good player. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, like I said, we're always pursuing to mm-hmm. be uh, to be the, the the best we can be. Um, so. Um, I feel like I'm smart, I feel like I'm fast, and uh, I, I feel like I'm tough. Um, you know, you play through a lot of things and that's the, that's the nature of the game, so. Uh, but yeah, we got, we got a lot of smart, tough, dependable players on this team. Yeah,
0: uh, you talk about playing through some things. Last year you had the injury, you went on IR, then you came back and played. What was that process like? How much better do you feel a year removed and, and you know, what, be, having to work so hard to get on the field and then being injured and having to take a step back. What did that teach you about yourself, and what did you learn from, from watching um, on the sideline?
1: Yeah, injuries suck, but uh, that's one of those things that uh, I get to take a step back and um, you know, you know, look at the big picture and see where I'm at and what I did well before the injury and what I did bad before the injury and, and improve on the things that, um, um, that I need to so when I come back that I, can be a, I can be a better player and not just come back and and try to you know fit in it's like i'm coming back and i'm i'm a better player that was that was my big thing and just staying staying in the film room um being into the games and um so that when i when i do come back and that that was my that was my goal last year is to come back um so i could I could help the team.
0: Alright, you're the team captain this year, so congratulations on that. How Appreciate nice it. was it, you know, with the path that you've taken? We saw you come here uh, three years ago undrafted and really make a spot for yourself, but to be a team captain out there uh, with the leaders of the team, how special was that moment for you?
1: Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it, it's just nice to know that um, players and coaches um, see, I mean, I was just being myself for the past three years now, um, to see me as a, as a leader of the team. I know. Um, that I'm not the only one, but it's, it's really nice to know that um, people see me as a leader and that's, I mean, I see myself as a leader, but like I said, there's, there's quite a few people on this team that uh, maybe may not get the recognition that they deserve as being a leader um, just because they're not captains, but there's a, there's a lot of captains on this team.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of your teammates probably echo that, but a lot of them were very happy that you were a teammate because being on special teams, it's such a big part of the game. Uh, in the Jacksonville game, you recorded your first career fumble recovery mm. towards the end of the game. How, yeah. What did you did you get to keep the ball because it was you and Brennan that both were on that play? So yeah, I, I, I got get the, to keep that. I, secret, I
1: secretly have the ball. Great. I, uh, now I gotta now I probably have to deal with that because because um, Scar might want that. So we'll we'll talk about it. And but I, I do have it. I got it in my house, and uh, uh, if he wants it, I'll, I'll get you share it. That, that, was a, that was a that was a that was a good that was a good great play by him. Um, I just, I was just in the right spot, and the ball like fell on my hands.
0: That was, it was great to see. Hopefully, a lot more fumble recoveries and forced fumbles for you guys for the rest of the year. Dylan Cole, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, maybe one of these days we'll get hashtag get, get Dylan on IG um, to the point where Dylan Cole will actually get on Instagram. But I thought that was very interesting. He is a lurker. He gets on there, he sees everything, but he just doesn't want to be on IG, which. To me, that means you're on IG. But anyway, uh, who else is on this podcast? Andrew Walker of Colts.com. I feel like we just spoke, and it's kind of weird to wrap up this series with the Colts so early, I guess you could say, in the season. It's week 12 and probably the most important game of the season here on Thursday night, 6-4 uh, and four versus 6-4. and four. And the Texans really don't want the Colts to get both of these games from them. And the Colts certainly don't want the Texans to get one because right now, as it heads into, if, if, if things were to head into the playoffs, uh, the Texans actually have the tiebreaker over the Colts as far as AFC common opponents and uh, conference records. So it's an important game for both teams and has a lot of playoff implications towards the end of the year versus wildcard versus uh, AFC South leader and whatnot. And plus, it's a divisional game. It's always big, as everyone will tell you. And, And for the Texans in general, coming off that game against Baltimore, they certainly want to bounce back quickly and head into this next stretch of games with a win on their shoulder. So we get into it with Andrew Walker. He talks to us about Jacoby Brissett, about Marlon Mack, what the run game looks like and more. Here he is on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. We speak again, Andrew. How's it going?
2: Hey, great. Sounds like we just did this like a week ago. (laughs) It
0: really does. It seems like not enough time has passed. Uh, But for the Colts, a lot has changed since the last time these two teams have played. Uh, They're coming off the big win, obviously, over the Jags. They lost two straight since they last faced each other. Jacoby Brissett was in and out. I guess let's start there. Let's start with Jacoby in his first game back against the Jaguars. He had the sprained MCL and amazingly back after missing about a game and a half. How did he look? Did the injury look like it limited him in any way or or how the the Colts called their plays?
2: Yeah, Colts really seemed like they dodged a bullet because if you watch the replay of, you know, 330-pound Quentin Nelson, you know, accidentally falling into the quarterback's leg, sure didn't look good at the moment. um, But just knowing Jacoby, obviously, he wanted to come back in that game. They weren't going to let him. And then just, you know, throughout the week, he was limited in practice leading up to that Dolphins game. Looked like he was going to go, and then Frank Wright kind of at the last minute was watching practice film and decided, yeah, he he doesn't look quite ready to go, uh, especially kind of outside of the pocket, which is where Jacoby does a lot of his damage. So they decided to hold him out against that Dolphins game. Unfortunately for the Colts, you know, you you fall in that game to a a, a young, up-and-coming Dolphins team that, that, quite frankly, outplayed the Colts. So uh, you got to tip your cap to him, But nice response by the Colts, you know, getting Jacoby Brissett back. You know, as far as I could see, it didn't look like he was injured at all. And he had a couple of his kind of trademark escape-the-pocket type plays where he didn't look limited at all. And really, all he had to do against the Jaguars, other than make a couple key throws, especially on a fourth-and-goal from the one um, touchdown to Marcus Johnson, was really he just had to manage the run game and make sure they're in the right looks. And and it worked to perfection. Colts ran for 260-plus yards, their most since 2004, 200-yard rushers for the first time since 1985. So really, Jacoby did a great job managing the game and then just making a couple plays here and there when he needed to. So I'm really interested to see what the plan will be Thursday night against the Texans because, as we all know, back in the first matchup, Jacoby was throwing the ball over the place, but now the Colts are running the ball well again, so who knows how they'll approach this game.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to get into the run game because we saw what the Colts did against the Jaguars on Sunday. But being it a short week for Jacoby Brissett, is there any sort of limitations on what he's able to do in practice? Or, you know, was there any concern that he did come back as early as he did? I, I know the initial prognosis was a couple of weeks, and, and it seemed like he beat that. Or, or did he just look like he was ready to come back?
2: No, he, he's not even on the injury report anymore, so he's, he's good to go. Um, it was just one of those things where Frank Wright kind of wanted to save Jacoby Brissett from himself, I guess, uh, against the Dolphins. Um, so I, I can see how maybe from the outside it might look like, OK, maybe, you know, because they downgraded him on Saturday right before the game. That doesn't look great. But it was actually just one of those things where he was actually at 80, 85 percent, Frank Reich said, for the Dolphins game. But he's like, let's just sit this out, give it another couple days. And then by Monday, Tuesday of last week, um, Jacoby really was feeling no effects of, of the knee injury. So he's good to go.
0: Okay, well, that's unfortunate news, Andrew. (laughs) Let's talk about the run game. Marlon Mack, this Texans team, knows what he can do, but he suffered an injury on Sunday against Jacksonville, and it looks like he will be out for the foreseeable future. I don't know if it's for the rest of the season, but what can you tell us about Marlon Mack and what that backfield is going to look like uh, heading into Thursday's game?
2: Yeah, Marlon Mack was having a real great game, you know, against the Jaguars first half into the third quarter, you know, already – uh, above 100 yards and had a, a magnificent, you know, two two spinning, you know, uh, I press and circle a couple times on the PlayStation controller uh, on a touchdown run. Uh, great, great play by him. But only in the third quarter, broke a fractured his hand and uh, was out for the rest of the game. And now um, it's it's not really. It, it happened with Paris Campbell against the Steelers too, where you you kind of break your hand and it's not really since that's so important to what you do as a receiver as a running back it's kind of hard to give an exact timetable for return. So Paris Campbell hopes to be back. Maybe, you know, he's practiced a little this week in the walkthroughs, but realistically maybe he'll be back December 1st against the Titans. And maybe Marlon Mack, it's the same thing. There's no real timetable, so we'll see on him. doesn't seem like IR or anything is being considered there. So stepping in for Marlon Mack with Jordan Wilkins actually out with an ankle injury against the Jaguars was Jonathan Williams, who's listed fourth on the depth chart. But he's really, you know, Naeem Hines is kind of the more gadget receiver, third down type back. Jonathan Williams is your more, you know, traditional vision uh, type back that came in and did a really good job. Career high in rushing, um, you know, hundred plus yards, and like I said, two hundred plus rushers for the first time since nineteen eighty five for the Colts. So if if you know, obviously Max not in Thursday night, um, he won't be playing. So it looks like Jordan Wilkins will be good to go, and Jonathan Jonathan Williams uh, will kind of. Split the carries, it seems like split the load at running back as far as the carries go, and the 90-mines will, of course, always be a factor at running back.
0: You mentioned Paris Campbell. He and T.Y. Hilton missed a couple of games with injury, the last two, in fact, and I know everybody wants to know about T.Y. Hilton. Seems like he would, if there was a game for him to come back for, it'd be this one, this Thursday night game against the Texans. We know what he said about playing at NRG Stadium in the past. What can you tell us about T.Y. Hilton and, and what his status looks like heading into Thursday?
2: Yeah, and, you know, if there's one guy where you just really have no idea, it's T.Y. Hilton because he just – he's the kind of the rare breed that, especially now, so late into his career, veteran guy, so comfortable and so talented, um, he doesn't really need the practice to play, as crazy as that, as that sounds. So um, even with, with a newish quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, who he's only, you know, worked with about, you know, a year plus now um, combined – he still has such a good connection with him that he can miss practice and still possibly play Thursday night. And he hasn't really been participating much this week. So we'll see. I I would look at it more as a game time decision, but you're right. You know, considering the implications of this game, the winner of this game, taking sole possession of first place in the AFC South being in the driver's seat for the final month of the season with all the implications of that and all the tiebreaker scenarios that goes with that, um, you would think, you know, if T.Y. Hilton can go even, you know, unlike Jacoby Brissett, if T.Y. Hilton's at 80%, 80, 85 90%, he might be, even be better used as, uh, you know, kind of like he was in that playoff game against Houston last year where he can make a few plays early for you, be a good decoy, and then just kind of go from there.
0: All right, let's switch gears and talk about this Colts defense. They limited Leonard Fournette with just 23 yards on eight carries on Sunday. What did you see from the defense in Sunday's win that maybe wasn't there the previous two weeks, especially against the run?
2: Well, it's not, it's not really, you know, the defense the last several weeks going back to week five against the Chiefs, um, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson's going to, uh, you know, hurt a lot of defenses and he made a lot of good plays back against the Colts a few weeks ago. But the defense has really been playing um, very solidly, you know, like I said, back to week five against the Chiefs. And all of a sudden I look up at the, at the stats and the Colts defense is top ten in yards allowed and, and ninth in rushing. Uh, rushing yards allowed, so they've really kind of turned a corner, and it, it's no surprise given that guys like Darius Leonard, who missed a few weeks, um, has come back, and Jabal Sheard has come back, and Malik Hooker's back in the fold, and, um, you know, Kenny Moore missed that Texans game. He's back and playing really high-level football at slot cornerback, so they have, you know, and then there's there's guys that have been there the whole time, like Justin Houston, who has a sack in six straight games, um, eight overall leading the team, so all their pieces are in place now. Um, you know they are a little banged up this week, and especially in the secondary. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. But all their pieces have now kind of fallen into place to start giving Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator, an opportunity to start mixing it up a little bit. Because we all heard kind of the first few games how predictable this Colts defense was. They're they're always going to be playing zone. They're never playing man. Well, that's changed, and and they're mixing up with blitzes and zone coverages and. And hidden coverages and all kinds of things now that they're getting their pieces back. So the Colts defense has really settled in. And I'd say the biggest difference, as you kind of alluded to, is against the run. And and kind of unsung guys like Grover Stewart, the the defensive tackle up front, and he's really done a good job kind of solidifying things to make sure that those gaps are covered and, and the run is stopped.
0: I know we talked about Adam Vinatieri the first time around, so I'm going to bring him up again because it seems like it's just an up-and-down battle for him this week. We saw him miss a few in important games at the end of the games, but then on Sunday he had a pretty good performance. Uh, you know, didn't miss any kicks. Are there still concerns with Adam Vinatieri moving forward? I know the Colts were bringing in some some kickers or there were reports that they brought in some kickers um, to, just for tryouts a few weeks back, but no changes made there. Uh, what do you foresee with Adam Vinatieri for the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, the the Colts are sticking with Adam Vinatieri. I think it's crystal clear, you know, obviously he's had his misses this year and a few more than he usually does. And um, unfortunately some of those have come in, in big moments, but they're going to stick with Adam Vinatieri. And, and it's it's because of the, the leader he is, obviously, you know, Hall of Famer whenever he decides to hang him up, um, greatest kicker of all time as far as the stats go and, we all know about his clutch moments, you know, in Super Bowls and all that. But he really adds a ton of value in the locker room, as far as leadership and 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 a source to go to for for any player, offensive, defensive, or special teams, uh, for any kind of moment. So the Colts value that a lot. And you know, yeah, it's it, you know the the misses um, you know have been frustrating for everybody, inclu- most most including Adam and Terry. They the Colts are going to do their due diligence and bring guys in. Um, for tryouts every you know for for workouts every once in a while um, but that's that's has no bearing on Vinatieri they're going to stick with that in Vinatieri. they love what he brings um, kind of like I alluded to I think last time the guy still brings it in practice every day um, you know the numbers look great in practice and it's it's one of those things where it hasn't translated every game onto the game field but I think you know he's He's trying to make the adjustments needed to be able to correct some of his issues, and it definitely showed against the Jaguars when he hit all of his kicks, and all of them seemed to be hit pretty clean right down the middle.
0: Good stuff as always. Andrew Walker of Colts.com. Andrew, short week, uh, second match. Hopefully this is the last time these two teams face each other this year because it's always a stressful but exciting game uh, when the Texans and Colts play each other. Thanks, Andrew. All
2: right. Thank you.
0: Good stuff, as always, from Andrew Walker. I love chatting with our AFC South counterparts because I feel like you know these teams so well. But everything changes, it seems like, or a lot of things change from game to game, and and this certainly is no exception. That's going to do it for our podcast for this week. Be sure to check out Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon will be on the field before the Thursday night game, which is going to be on Fox, and it's also going to be on NFL Network, and it will also be on Sports Radio 610. But you got to go to Facebook and social media to see the pregame show where John Harris and I will answer fan questions. You can give us all the questions you want, and you know what? You'll see the first glimpse of who are the starters, who will be in for Thursday night's game, because there are a few question marks up there in the starting lineup. So we will answer all those questions and more on the pregame show, Texans Unlimited, presented by Verizon. And, of course, you can always check out HoustonTexans.com for all the updates and more. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Go Texans.